Welcome, everyone, to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm Lori LeBay, the host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks, and I'm glad you're with us today. We're going to have a great conversation about coconut oil. But before I get to that, we always get new listeners, and so I want to explain to you who Alzheimer's Speaks is and what we're all about. Bottom line, we are an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort around the world. We believe that by joining forces sharing knowledge, and just having everyday conversations about life with dementia, that we can remove some of the stigmas attached to memory loss and help those who are diagnosed with the disease and dealing with the disease continue to live purpose-filled lives. At our core, Alzheimer Speaks believes collaboration is the only way we're going to win this battle. And we know that um, your collaboration with us is really shooting us to the stars. We were named the number one influencer online for Alzheimer's, according to Share Care and Dr. Oz. And that is because you share our information, not just the radio show, but our blog, our Dementia Chats webinars, our conscious caring interviews, um, our resource directory. We have a multitude of things. And you're sharing that information with your Twitter tribes, your Facebook friends, your Pinterest peeps, your LinkedIn colleagues. And what I love so much about that collaboration is you are getting information out to people in need. So many of our our friends and relatives and colleagues need this information, and many of them don't even know they need it. Um, They're still struggling maybe for a diagnosis or dealing with kind of coming out of the closet with it. And the more information that's out there, the easier we're going to make that for them. So again, thank you so much for sharing our information, and I hope you continue to do that with all of your social media avenues. Um, Feel free to add it into your newsletter as well. That's what we're here for, is just to connect people. If while you're listening, you think you might have a story of your own that should be told, please reach out to me. Just go to alzheimerspeaks.com. Up at the top, there's a big contact button, and click on that, and you'll have a variety of ways to reach me. Um, We believe everyone's voice needs to be heard. So if you're diagnosed uh, with dementia, if you are caring for a loved one or a friend, or maybe you're a professional carer, um, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe you're a researcher. Maybe you've written a, um, a book or have a script for a play or a movie. It doesn't make any difference. Um, Maybe you're a high school student or even younger making a difference. We want to hear from you. So again, please just go to alzheimerspeaks.com and we would love to hear from you. I want to give a shout out to um, the Caregiver Alert Center. Um, They just uh, do such a great job disseminating information in times of crisis when someone would happen to wander and um, I just believe so fully in in their work and um, really respect Mark Arnold for all he's done there. If you're going to be in Indiana 
in October, I'm going to be there too. In October, let's see, October 19th, I'm going to be in Fort Wayne. And on the 20th, I will be at Miraville with the Alzheimer's Association. You can go again to alzheimerspeaks.com and find information regarding both of those conferences. Um, but I would love, I would, I always love to meet, uh, meet our audience. Now today, um, I have my co-host with me, uh, Brian LeBlanc. Um, and Brian has been living with dementia and I'll let him tell you just a hear about himself. Welcome, Brian. How are you today? I'm wonderful, Lori. Thank you very much. Um, yes, I was diagnosed in October of 2014 with early onset Alzheimer's. And I am a voracious Alzheimer's advocate. Um, for it gives me uh, it gives me the positiveness to face each day and to get out. Uh, I'm a I'm a national public speaker, and um, it gives me the opportunity to spread awareness as well as educate people on everything uh, related to Alzheimer's. Okay, well, great. And and Brian's only going to be able to be with us for probably um, a portion of the show, so um, he's going to just scoot away when he when he needs to. Now, our guest today, I'm really excited to have, is Dr. Bruce Fife, and he is a certified nutritionist and also a naturopath physician. He's the author of over 20 books, including one called Stop Alzheimer's Now, and he serves as the director of the Coconut Research Center. Um, there have been so many myths and um, comments about coconut oil. Hopefully, we'll be able to diffuse those today. So, welcome, Dr. Fife. Thank you for inviting me, Lori. Well, I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation. Just even in the last five years, so much has changed in terms of people's perceptions about coconut oil. But before I get into my questioning, I would I always just like to ask our guests if they have been personally touched with their own family or circle of friends with, with a form of dementia. So, Dr. Fife, had, yes. ha, have, has your family been touched by dementia uh-huh. at all? I'm sorry. I thought you were asking the audience. Oh yes, um, my my father has had dementia. He died of it, and I have a sister that has dementia, Alzheimer's. Okay, so that's very close in in the family circle there. That's for sure. Yes. Well, I can see how you got interested in this. Why don't you explain a little bit about coconut oil and how you, how, you know, how it works? I guess. Um, within the body, and then we can get into how it can help people with dementia. Well, coconut oil is really interesting because it works better than any drug that's currently on the market for treating Alzheimer's. You know, most drugs, in fact, all drugs uh, for Alzheimer's, they can't stop the disease, let alone reverse it. Um, But coconut oil has been shown to not only have the ability to stop the progression, but even reverse it. Um, People that have incorporated into their lives as they should, um, they regain much of their memory. Uh, They regain the ability to read, to type on a keyboard, to recall family members' names that they had forgotten before. Uh, Personality returns, their able to laugh and to joke when that had stopped before. Those that have lost the ability to talk coherently uh, when they start taking coconut oil are able to speak 
in clear sentences. Um, so coconut oil uh, really is effective. Okay. Um, now, over over the years, you know, we've we've heard everything. I mean, people used to laugh when they would hear coconut oil, um, and I'm sure that you you were aware of that, um, mm-hmm. where they just really poo pooed it. And it seems like there's research today to to kind of back some of this stuff up. Now, is that true? Well, that's true. You know, I first became aware of the effects that coconut oil had on Alzheimer's when I was contacted uh, by a doctor. And her husband had um, Alzheimer's. And at the time that she contacted me, he had had it for five years. And she had put him on all of the drugs for Alzheimer's. And they really didn't work. And he was still... Um, getting worse and worse. He had lost the ability to read or type on a computer, a keyboard. Um, he, he couldn't dress himself properly. And so he was really, you know, getting bad. And his wife, being a, a, a physician, had, had tried everything that she could think of to help him. And she was getting desperate. And so she was so desperate, she was looking for... Uh, new new drugs, trials on drugs that hadn't been approved yet, and they wanted people to uh, experiment with this. And so she was looking at some of these drugs uh, that they were looking partic- for participants for, and she found one particular drug that intrigued her because in preliminary trials, it showed that those that had used it had actually had reversal in their symptoms, and this had never happened before. So she wanted to sign them up to be a participant, and they went down um, to do that, to register him. And before he could uh, be a part of the study, he had to take the MMSE test. And in that test, I'm, I'm sure your readers are familiar with this, it's a, a test with 30 questions. And um, if you answer 10 or less, you're in severe um, dementia from about 11 to 20 or in moderate and then so forth. And he took the test and he scored a 12. And so he was almost in the severe range and he um, scored so poorly that he was rejected from the study. Uh, they considered him hopeless and so they sent him home. And they were very discouraged, but um, his wife had done a lot of research on this drug and actually came across the patent application on the Internet. And she learned that um, there was really only one active ingredient in this drug, and it was uh, medium-chain triglycerides derived from coconut oil. So she thought, well, maybe she could just try coconut oil. So they went to their uh, health food store, and she bought a jar of virgin coconut oil. And she calculated how much um, of the medium-chain fatty acids in the coconut oil she should give him to equal what they were using in the study. By the way, medium-chain triglycerides are the unique types of fats that coconut oil are made of and which makes coconut oil different from other fats. And she came to two and a half tablespoons. And so she gave him two and a half tablespoons for breakfast one morning. This is about two weeks after he was rejected from the study. 
And then they uh, had a, an appointment with the neurologist that afternoon. Uh, they went to the appointment, and he retook the MMSE test, and this time he scored an 18. So two weeks earlier, he scored a 12. This time, after one dose of coconut oil, he scored an 18, which is phenomenal because normally people don't improve on these scores. And so they realize, oh, they, they've stumbled onto something phenomenal here. And so she continued to give him... Uh, the two and a half tablespoons of coconut oil every day. Eventually, she increased that amount, and over the next year or so, he was able to regain his ability to read, uh, regain his ability to get on a computer, type on a computer, surf the internet. He was able to recall names of family members that he had forgotten before. He was able to dress himself properly. In fact, he improved to the point that he was volunteering his services uh, at the hospital where his wife worked, uh, working in the mailroom. And so she told me about this, and I worked with her a little bit. Um, uh, so my, my question to you is, you know, you had mentioned that um, this gentleman had taken like two and a half tablespoons and, you know, tested much higher, but don't you think some of that can, is contributed to the fact that um, you know, with dementia, um, people ebb and flow throughout a day. Um, and I think Brian can uh, attest to that. You know, he has some better times than, than not um, during a yeah. day. I have, I have moments of, of clarity and, and, and so forth. And um, I'm not, I'm, I haven't taken um, any, any of the, the oils, uh, coconut oil or anything, but um could, could you, can I ask you a question? I, I'm just curious that if, if this has helped people, if the coconut oil has helped people, um, and why are there not more people coming out saying that, you know, it has helped them or if, uh, why isn't it recognized by like the Alzheimer's Association or something like that? Um, to be a go-to remedy for uh, for Alzheimer's. Well, a lot of an awful lot of people are using coconut oil right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a part of the regular medical establishment protocol, so it's kind of an alternative. And so there's you know there that that gap there. But those people who know about it are using about it using it um, there are studies currently in process right now uh, the bird institute in florida is actually doing a study uh, with coconut oil and alzheimer's patients um, so it is it's getting out there the word is getting out well and and i would say you know there you know like dr fife said there's there's kind of the the medical model and the holistic side where you know, the medical model has a lot more money than the holistic side does, yeah, right, um, you know, right. with, with general pharma and stuff out there. And, you know, I'm a firm believer what's good for the heart is, is good for the brain as well. Um, and we've seen a lot of um, changes in terms of what's acceptable. I mean, people used to, I mean, they would hear coconut oil five to 10 years ago and people would bur- literally, they would burst out laughing going, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's just snake oil. 
Uh, they used to say the same thing about social engagement. You know, people aren't able to partake in social engagement or that really doesn't have any effect. And now we're seeing a lot more studies going, wow, this really is having a big impact on people. And so I think I think part of it is that the, the timing and having to kind of prove its worth um, in in society. And then you have to convince people to try a different model than what we've kind of grown up with here in the U.S. especially. Um, and so that's that's kind of... If, it, if it's having a positive effect on people, that would be, that you know, that, that would be groundbreaking in that um, it needs to get out to the, to the masses as far as the positive effects uh, that it has had on people. I'm not really sure if there's enough people that, that have... Uh, come out and spoken about it or um, used all available methods because if it's working, then it, it's got to be, um, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm going to try it and see, see how it works on me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And uh, see if I, uh, see if I can uh, get any positive results from it. Well, it's it's one of those things, and correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, Doctor Fife, that can't hurt you. I mean, you can use this, you know, as your cooking oil instead of you know butter and and other types of fats. Um, some people I've heard put it right into their coffee. I mean, there's coconut drinks. There's there's all kinds of different supplements that people are coming up with now um, with with coconut oil. And um, it, it's kind of interesting. The the thing that I I just want to state, like like when you said, you know, the man had done, you know, two and a half tablespoons, and you know, they saw an immediate change. Uh, that to me, I, I would still be a little skeptical, and not that it couldn't have happened, but I guess I just see people with dementia change how they would do on a test. Um, throughout a day anyways. And that's one of the reasons, for example, like with memory cafes, I was told, well, you have to test them. And I said, I'm not going to, you know, my mom had dementia for 30 years and, you know, people argued with me that she couldn't have it that long because they don't live that long. And, um, but I, I saw her abilities change throughout a day. And, um, and I don't know if, if you're saying that this is that quick of a fix or if it was just in this particular case? Well, it's uh, not necessarily that quick of a fix, except that in many people, a single dose does bring about improvement. Now, I say in many people, because in other people, it may take a little bit longer time to see improvement. But as you continue to do it on a daily basis, you can uh, see um, improvement in in the memory and in their personality. I mean, I've had people tell me that they've given, for example, I'm thinking of one man who he said he gave it to his wife who could only speak in babbles. But when he gave it to her, she started speaking in clear sentences. And it only took like a couple of days for that to occur. Okay. Now, this two, it was it two and a half tablespoons or two and a half teaspoons that this woman was, was giving? She started off with two and a half uh, tablespoons. So a tea, three teaspoons equals one tablespoon. Okay. And as she went on, she increased that. And I actually recommend that for treatment, uh, you work up to five tablespoons a day spread throughout the day. Okay. 
Now, there is science behind this. It's not just from stories, too. You know, um, as I was mentioning that, um, that um, Alzheimer's is a is a diagnosed as a, a diabetes, a type 3 diabetes is what they're calling it now. And, and like with type 2 diabetes, that's uh, insulin resistance. And with type 3 or Alzheimer's, that is basically insulin resistance of the brain. So the brain cells essentially aren't absorbing glucose efficiently. And because the cells can absorb glucose, which is their source of fuel, their energy, the brain cells begin to die. And so as a consequence that um, you lose your memory and, and, and ability to function. But fortunately, there's an alternative type of fuel that the body can use or the brain can use known as ketones. And even if the brain is insulin resistant, it can still absorb ketones. And so ketones can provide the energy that the brain needs to function and to heal and to repair. Now, the great thing about uh, coconut oil is that the unique uh, fatty acids in coconut oil, the medium chain triglycerides, when you consume the coconut oil, these medium chain triglycerides are automatically converted into ketones, providing the brain with this alternative source of fuel that can give it the energy uh, that it needs to live and function. Okay. Now, um, one of the um, things that people talk about um, with with the coconut oil is the the need for the brain to have um, fat and, and, and moisture. Um, can you speak to that and, and how coconut oil helps that? Yes. You know, the brain is primarily made of fat. Um, it's actually very interesting in that uh, ketones, um, the brain is made from ketones. Actually, ketones provide the basic building blocks for new brain tissues. In fact, um, during pregnancy, the third trimester of pregnancy, and the first few months after a baby's been born, this is known as the brain growth spurt period. And during this period, uh, the infant is in a state of ketosis, which means that they have high blood ketones. And these ketones are used for brain development. And even as adults, when our brains aren't growing, we still need these ketones to come in and provide the basic building blocks for new brain cells. So ketones actually do many things. They provide a fuel source for the brain, and not only a fuel source, but a high-efficiency fuel source. Um, ketones have been called super fuel for the brain. Um, it's like giving your car high-efficiency fuel. You get better gas mileage, more power, with less wear and tear, ketones has an effect on the brain like this too. Ketones also calm inflammation. Uh, they improve circulation and oxygen delivery to the brain. And one of the most very important things that ketones do in the brain is they activate certain proteins in the brain called brain-derived neurotrophic factors. And these neurotrophic factors regulate brain cell function, repair, and growth. And so these, these neurotrophic factors stimulate brain cell growth. And so when you have ketones coming into the brain, 
you can actually have new brain cells growing and developing. And so this is the reason why coconut oil is so beneficial for Alzheimer's patients and other people that have chronic inflammation in the brain that leads to other uh, disorders. Okay. And, you know, coconut oil, I mean, you can find it just about anywhere now. And initially, it was a little bit more difficult um, to be able to find. Um, but now I see it in the grocery stores, out in plain sight all the time. Is that what you're seeing as well? Yes. I mean, it used to be very difficult to find coconut oil, but now it's become very popular, so you can find it. Um, in health food stores, you can have, find it in regular grocery stores. You can find it in Walmart and Costco and all these type of stores. Uh, so it's easy to find, yes. Um, and, you know, when you look for coconut oil, there's basically two types of coconut oil that you'll find. One is a virgin coconut oil and the other is a non-virgin. And the virgin coconut oil um, is kind of like virgin olive oil, meaning that that it uh, has the least amount of processing involved. And so this type of coconut oil will retain a coconut aroma and a coconut flavor. The non-virgin coconut oil has gone through a little bit more processing, but it's essentially tasteless. Now, some people don't like the taste of coconut or they don't like the taste of coconut in all their cooking. And so they can actually use the non-virgin coconut oil. And the way you tell the difference when you go to a store is on the label, the virgin coconut oils will always have the word virgin. It may have other words in the title. It may have organic virgin or natural virgin or, or something like that, but it'll always have the word virgin. The non-virgin coconut oils will not have the word virgin. It can have any type of other. It'll have natural, organic, uh, expeller-pressed, or any of these other terms, but it won't have the word virgin. And so that's how you tell the difference between the two. Both of them um, are good, and both of them work. Okay, well, that's um, that's interesting to know. I did not know that that was the difference between the two. I always thought that the virgin was more pure, but I didn't know that it had anything to do with taste. Because sometimes when I'm cooking, I might not want that uh, yeah. that flavor in there. So that's really a good thing to know. Thank you for for mm-hmm. sharing that. Um, and typically, is not the virgin oil a little bit more expensive? Generally, it is a little bit more expensive. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, in in terms of this, you know, I've had you know talked with families that have um, all just decided to kind of get on the bandwagon. Um, with this, not just a person with dementia, but have found, you know, there's no harm and really it can be healthy for all um, parties um, to to partake in this. And this is just kind of a dietary change that they've chosen. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Definitely. As you mentioned earlier, coconut oil is not harmful in any way. In fact, it's health-promoting. There's a lot of health benefits associated with coconut oil. It's an excellent cooking oil. It's far more healthier cooking oil than the regular polyunsaturated oils like the corn oils and soybean oils you get at the store. It's a very safe cooking oil because it's um, heat-stable. And so it's a good cooking oil. Um, you can put it in any type of food. You can cook in it. You, people put it in their coffee, in their tea. 
but you can put it into soups and casseroles. Uh, people use it as a spread, like they do butter, so they put it on their toast or they put it on hot vegetables. And so you can actually put coconut oil on any type of food to get the coconut oil you want. And it's, and it's good for everyone, whether you have a problem or not. I recommend that for uh, just to enjoy the basic health benefits associated with the coconut oil that people um, consume one to three tablespoons a day. If they are having memory problems or do have Alzheimer's, then I would go to a more uh, therapeutic dose of four to five tablespoons a day. Okay. Um, now, is, have you gotten pushback from other doctors regarding, regarding the coconut oil and the use well, there's always skeptics, you know, of course, that um, can't believe that something natural like this is so effective. But what's really nice is that I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from doctors who um, either have tried it or recognize it basically from the science, from the published uh, medical work already done to kind of provide the the basic or the background foundation of why it works uh, and so forth. Okay. Um, and, and that's kind of what, like I said, I've been hearing too, is that there's a lot more research and people seem to, well, I think as a whole, people are feeling more comfortable um, with holistic um, possibilities, especially when you've got a disease that has no cure, um, you know, for it. I think people are a little bit more willing to, to go outside the box and and try to try to see will this work for me and like anything else everything's not going to work for everybody um, but again it can't do you any harm in terms of trying this I suppose unless you want to eat a whole jar of it in one day or something like that that might be might be a little hard on the system um, but um, you know I don't think anyone's gonna gonna go to that extreme either I hope not <laughs> uh, you know with that that would be that would be an awful lot to to chug down um, well you know what you know what you know when i when I do talk to people and I do get on the radio and i I mention um to do four or five tablespoons, people will automatically jump into doing four and five tablespoons, and I actually recommend that they work up to that amount, start off with one tablespoon a day first. And stay on that for a little while, then go up to two and up to three. And the reason I say that is so many people have been afraid of fats, that they've cut fats out of their diet so much, their body isn't um, accustomed to that much fat. And if you give it too much fat when it's not prepared for it, it can give you some upset stomach and cause diarrhea. So I recommend that people start off low and then gradually build it up to it so their body can adjust to the higher level of fat intake. And then after a while, they'll be able to handle five tablespoons a day with, without problem. I know people that take up to 12 tablespoons a day. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that that's really good advice because nobody wants a sick stomach, you know, no. <laughs> things. So, again, everything in moderation and you know, when, when you're, you know, taking typically any type of, uh, or, or doing any type of adjustments to your diet, you know, easing in and easing out is just a, a smart way versus going cold turkey, um, because you don't want to shock the system. 
there mm-hmm. either with that. Um, now, you have written a book called Stop Alzheimer's Now. Do you want to talk to people a little bit about that? And I, I'd like you to start out with why you chose that title, because, um, you know, for some people, I, I think it might actually make them push back um, versus opening it up um, because it sounds like it's an end-all, be-all um, book, and and people might uh, might shy away from that. And think it's more quackery than than anything. So why did you why did you pick the title of Stop Alzheimer's Now? Well, I thought it was a nice, strong title, and you know, coconut oil, from what I've seen, has worked better than any other treatment I have witnessed, and there's a lot of promise with it. Now, I'm not claiming that it's going to cure. Alzheimer's patients, and actually the effects vary from person to person, um, depending on on lots of things. You know, lots of times people will say, oh, coconut oil is good for Alzheimer's, and they'll take a teaspoon or two teaspoons, and they say, well, I didn't see any difference. Well, two teaspoons isn't enough to show a difference. You need to get up into the more of the three and the four teaspoon or tablespoon level before you start seeing some improvements. And this, the book that I wrote uh, basically outlines uh, what Alzheimer's is and, and, and factors that affect it. Um, and it goes also into diet. You know, coconut oil by itself is very helpful, but if you can combine it with a proper diet, you enhance the effects of the coconut oil, and you get a lot better results. Mm -hmm. And so I recommend a low-carb diet, and particularly um, for maximum effect, I recommend a ketogenic diet. If you can do a coconut oil-based ketogenic diet, that's when you'll see maximum benefit. Um, And also supplements, certain supplements, uh, antioxidants and things that can be added to the diet will also enhance the effectiveness of it. So when you're talking about, because I, I believe you wrote a book on the ketogenic diet as well, is that correct? Yes. Uh-huh. On that, can you explain a little bit more what that, in layman's term, what the heck that means? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. Uh, the ketogenic diet is basically a very low-carb diet, a high-fat with moderate protein. And so basically you are removing a lot of the carbs, primarily the sugars and the sweets and the the grains and things, and replacing it with uh, more fatty type foods. You're increasing your your fat intake. And what happens is the body uh, is using those fats to produce uh, the ketones that the body needs to heal the brain. Okay. Um, so when you say, um, I mean, I think most people know what carbs are, but if you can just throw out some examples of, of carbs and high fat and moderate protein to our audience, I think that would be helpful. Okay. So primarily when you go into like a ketogenic diet, you want to get rid or reduce, drastically reduce or eliminate foods rich in carbohydrates. And those foods would be like sugar. Sugar is pure carbohydrate. Also, refined grains are very high, almost pure carbohydrate as well. So uh, starch, for example, anything that's rich in starch. So 
the grains, the, the wheat, the oats, the rice are all very high in starch. Starch is, is pure carbohydrate. Uh, starchy vegetables, which would be potatoes and uh, winter squashes, uh, are very high in starch. So you eliminate those and you focus more on the low-carb vegetables, which would be zucchini and broccoli, asparagus, uh, and things like that. Um, the fats would be good fats like coconut oil, um, fat, good fats made in mayonnaise, um, avocados, uh, some nuts, uh, things like that. And then protein would be moderate protein because a ketogenic diet isn't a high protein type diet. It's a moderate protein diet. So your protein intake stays kind of normal, moderate, and you can have any type of protein. It can be eggs, chicken, fish, beef, pork, any type of food like that. And so when you ha have a meal like this, um, basically a, a very basic ketogenic meal would be a moderate-sized piece of meat with plenty of vegetables with some fat like butter and stuff mixed in. Okay. What, how would, um, you know, using coconut oil, one of the big crazes now is kind of green energy, you know, everything being green. What are your, what are your thoughts with that? Does that fit into your, your model of um, the, the ketogenic diet or not? With green energy? Mm -hmm. You're talking about energy from grains? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if, if a person... Um, it doesn't have Alzheimer's. They can eat grains, but when someone has Alzheimer's, they really need to cut back on grains and other uh, starchy-type foods. And it's interesting, there's been studies showing that uh, people who consume lots of uh, sugars and starches uh, are more likely to develop dementia uh, later in life. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, I... I you must not have been able to understand me. I didn't say grains. I meant greens, like in the color green. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, because okay, a lot of people talk Gr about the greens. Green, greens the are of... excellent, yes. In fact, I highly recommend them, you know. So so spinach and, and things like that, yes, those are, are a very important part of a ketogenic diet. Okay. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, if somebody decides to um, start utilizing coconut oil um, in their diet, do you think that that is something that they should talk with their physician about? Well, um, they could. The problem is that most physicians don't know really anything about coconut oil. Um, you know, in the past, coconut oil had a bad reputation because it's primarily a saturated fat. And so the belief was saturated fat promotes heart disease. But now that that um, concept has changed, we now know that saturated fats do not cause heart disease. And coconut oil definitely does not uh, cause heart disease. But unfortunately, this idea of saturated fats being bad has been ingrained in us so much that it's hard for a lot of people to break away from that outdated idea. And many doctors are kind of still in that rut of thinking that saturated fats, particularly coconut oil, promote heart disease. 
Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> and that's one of the things that's tough with our um, our medical model and, and things is what's good one day is ixnade the next and then it comes back around and it's wonderful mm-hmm. for you. And, I, you know, I just think of bacon, you know, from bad to good to, I mean, it's it's just been up and down. Yeah. And so it's it's hard yeah. to keep track of everything and what is actually, you know, what's the latest study um, on things. And so it does get, you know, for the general consumer, it, it's confusing. Um, it confuses me a lot out there, um, you know, with all of this. So I have to do, I do have to say I do have coconut oil in my cabinet and um, I do use it. I don't use it, it probably as regularly as I should, but I also don't cook as much as I should. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, are you seeing it being used in restaurants more at all? Well, I am seeing it used in processed foods more. And so when I go to the grocery store, I'll see coconut oil as an ingredient in foods which I hadn't seen in years past. I'm seeing more and more coconut oil added into foods. Okay, because that's, that's what I've heard, but I wasn't uh, I wasn't sure if that was accurate or not. Um, on that, are there um, are there some other things uh, you know in your book? Let's get back to your book. Stop, stop Alzheimer's now. Um, do you have stories of of people who have gone through this, or what can they expect if they if they purchase this book? What would they find in it? I try to make this book pretty comprehensive, and so I start off and I talk about the science behind uh, the ketones and coconut oil converting into the ketones and how the ketones affect the brain so that there's a found scientific you know, basis there. Then I also uh, go over um, instances where people have incorporated coconut oil into their diet or the ketogenic diet into their lifestyle and have shown remarkable uh, turnarounds in their condition. You know, initially the ketogenic diet was developed in 1923 to treat epilepsy, which is another brain condition, and it was very successful. In fact, the ketogenic diet is the most efficient, most effective treatment for epilepsy, and children that start on the ketogenic diet, they can stay on the ketogenic diet normally for about two years. And in that time, they can actually achieve a complete recovery from the condition. Mm-hmm. Okay, wonderful. Um, is, there, is there anything specific that you want to, our audience to know before our time is up here? Well, you know, what I'd like to, to mention is that coconut oil, as you mentioned earlier, is not harmful. It's helpful. Uh, We've only talked about its effect on the brain, but it also has lots of other benefits throughout the body. Um, I've written many books on them. They can come to my website um, at thecoconutresearchcenter.org to learn a little bit more about what coconut oil can do, both for the brain and the body. Okay. Wonderful. Now, the um, the best way to reach you, um, I've got down, people can actually go to your website, which is coconutresearchcenter.org. Um, again, that's coconutresearchcenter.org. What can people expect to find there? They will find a variety of articles and videos, nutritional facts, 
uh, news items, um, a list of books and educational materials. Uh, there's lots of information there. And I'd like to say that this is an educational website, so there's no uh, drop-down you know, advertisements or nothing sold on this website. It's an educational website only. Okay, great. And then they can also email you at bruce at coconutresearchcenter.org. Again, that's bruce at coconut, uh, I'm sorry, coconutresearchcenter.org. Um, I don't know if I said oil in there or not. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to make sure I give it, give, uh, give our audience the right links, but it is also on the on our uh, radio page as well. I know I've got that listed correctly. Any last uh, a tip or comment that you want to give our audience? Um, don't be afraid of coconut oil. Start using it in your cooking. Go to your store right now. It doesn't matter what store, does, and it doesn't matter which brand or type of coconut oil you use. Buy some, bring it home, and start experimenting with it and try it out. And again, the virgin um, coconut oil is going to have more of that coconut flavor where the others will still have the same benefits. It just won't have as much flavoring, correct? Correct. Okay. That was some. I love it when I learn something every day. That's, <laughs> that's great to know. Well, again, I thank you so much for your time uh, with us today. I think this was a, a fascinating conversation. Brian was sorry that he had to drop off, but he had to go run and pick up, I believe it was his son from school today. And uh, he said he's going he's gonna to try some coconut oil and uh, Good. see what it does for him. Um, again, if you want to reach uh, Dr. Fife, you can go to coconutresearchcenter.org or you can email him at bruce at coconutresearchcenter.org. Thank you again for your time today, Dr. Dr. Fife. Thank you. Um, in wrapping up here, I'm just going to give a shout out to uh, one of our colleagues here on Alive and Social, Rachel Perrin, who is the culinary director uh, director for Kowalski's Market, along with her producer and sidekick, Adam Lee. Uh, they are joined by their foodtastic friends and colleagues to chat about seasonal flavors, favorite foods, trending topics in nutrition, and everything yummy for your tummy. Um, and they want to answer your questions know what's for dinner tonight their podcast only lasts uh, 10 to 15 minutes which is ideal for busy schedules but they'll give you lots of ideas to assist you in making uh, some good um, but easy dinner plans and um, each of their episodes ends with a, a real delicious menu suggestion and you can find all their menus at uh, www.kowalskis.com and kowalski is k o w a-L-S-K-I-S dot com. If you uh, haven't listened to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio, all of our shows are archived. Our most recent show, we were just talking about Reiki and how, how that healing method can help you calm down if you um, are living with dementia or if you're caring for someone with dementia or yourself. And again, it, it can work for anybody. Um, very interesting concept. We also talked about driving change in dementia, uh, about license plates, and a movement to get a specialty license plate in the states um, to be able to raise money and raise awareness at the same time. 
And we also had um, Anne Campanella on, who has a fabulous book called Motherhood Lost and Found. But again, just go to Alzheimer's uh, Speaks Radio. You can scroll down to the bottom. You can find out all of our uh, all of our shows there and listen to them uh, whenever it's good for you. Our last dementia chat session was on November 27th, and we talked about how doctors handle the diagnosis um, and how do they give that diagnosis to patients and what other support do they give them. I am still actually in the process of editing that, hoping to get that done this week. Um, Our other video uh, chat that we had on Dementia Chats, uh, we talked about Uh, the Alzheimer's walk and what people with dementia think about the Alzheimer's walk, um, what, what, uh, what they see as a benefit and what they'd like to see change. So they had some great ideas. Uh, Our conscious caring resource interview was with Norms McNamara over in the UK. And we talked about the purple angel project, the purple angel film. We talked about his um, new book on Louis body Um, We just had a great conversation, and uh, Norms is just such a mover and shaker. We talked about the um, RAD, which is World Alzheimer's um, Rock for Dementia, and um, again, very much a conversation to listen to if you want to hear what's going on all around the world regarding dementia. If you're interested in previewing uh, screening of His Neighbor Phil, I will be in Hopkins, Minnesota at their high school on October 30th. I will be in Memphis um, in November and also be at St. Therese in Woodbury November 16th. Uh, Last, you might want to check out a couple of our blog articles. On October 1st, we um, wrote about uh, the city of Roseville uh, has a um, grassroots group there called uh, the Roseville Alzheimer's and Dementia Community Action Team, and they just kicked off a new initiative for... um, caregivers of uh, of dementia patients um, called a re-entry program. And we're really excited about, you know, what do they do with their life um, in the end of the transition and once somebody passes? How do they, uh, how do they find support? And um, we're very, very excited about kicking that off. This, this week will be our first meetings on that. And then on October 2nd, Michael Ellen Bogan, uh, who is living with dementia, addressed Congress um, about driving change in dementia. And you can see a copy of his speech uh, there as well. Last, I just want to thank you all. And again, remember to please uh, click and like and share uh, what we do here at Alzheimer's Speaks. People need the information. And if you think you could be one of our next guests, please reach out to me through the website at alzheimerspeaks.com. I'd love to talk to you. In the meantime, um, use the tools that your memory chip uh, teaches you. Are they safe? Are they happy? Are they pain-free? Have a wonderful week. Thanks, everyone. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.